You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Morning Breath, your drive time devotion, sure to jumpstart your day. Whether you're here morning, afternoon, or night, we believe that God's got a great word for you today, and it's exciting to be here. I'm Chris Johnson. I'm filling in for your beloved host, Pastor Dan Stahlbaum, and we have our regular, staple, awesome, amazing color commentator, co-host, Pastor David Gammon, with us today. How are you? <laughs> Man, I am doing phenomenal. I'm so glad I to hear it. I cannot wait for today's today's chapter. We're jumping into the Old Testament, 2 Samuel, kicking it off for the rest of the team and for you guys listening wherever you might be at. We're doing 2 Samuel 1. So much good stuff we're going to be getting to here in a little bit. So much good stuff. So much. Hey, man, I'm honored to be here, and it's a, it's a new book, and it's also it's a new month. In fact, it's a great month, one of my favorite months. Oh, yes! Yes! Let's go! One of the greatest songs ever written. Uh, yes, it is. By For, one of the greatest bands. Absolutely. So I, y'all couldn't see it, but this is one of David Gammon's favorite songs, and I know that it about is. him. And so I just couldn't wait today. I had kept that secret for live on air here for just to see how he'd react. That is perfect. That's exactly what I was looking you for. You cannot man. stay angry and be uh, and be listening to that song. <laughs> man, you're so right. You cannot stay angry. I think that song and Starships, We Built This City. 100%. Will take you to it. And you need that in your life. You need those songs that you're like, you know what? I can't be sad while this song's playing. Yeah, if you were uh, if you were possibly ang- able to be angry during September, I feel like you would also have the potential to slap Bob Ross. Exactly. Which you got issues. <laughs> definitely not saved. And you um, then we would just have to drop Whitney Houston. I want to dance with somebody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then if you're still mad, I don't think you're human. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, we're having fun today. Hey, so Morning Breath is basically it's a radio program. It's a it's an, a devotion. We take one Bible chapter and we read it at night. We read it in the morning. We don't prepare sermons which is kind of hard for me. Uh, David, I'm sure you probably deal with that a little bit too. You like to study, you like to exegete, but it's kind of a great way to just keep the relation uh, the relationship fresh and really just be leaning on the Holy Spirit and when we step into this studio because we don't have sermon notes we don't have a lot of preparation but we want to have a conversation together and say what can we discover together uh, as we look at God's word so that's how the program works uh, if you want to get the chapters you want to find out where we're at just go to ecc.us we have all of the chapters laid out on a schedule there on the website or you can get the East Coast app put that on your tablet your device your smartphone um, follow us on social media you can actually watch these programs and if you want to have this chapter listing mailed to you, uh, just call us, 321-452-1060, and we'll send it your way. And uh, because Morning Breath is a part of East Coast, I'm going to have Pastor David tell you guys about some cool things happening around our church. Guess what's happening? Pastor Chris is going to be teaching a class at ECCU. <laughs> the September classes are starting up. And what class are you doing, Pastor Chris? Foundations Foundations of Worship. Foundations of Worship. See, yep. I thought I was going to teach that class this go around. But <laughs> you are. I don't know how they pick the people. I don't whatever. know. Whatever. That's rigged. But hey, by the way, Pastor David is also teaching. And you're in your wheelhouse because you're going to be talking about the art of communication. Come on. So um, I tell you what, it's not too late for you guys to sign up. You guys should show up day of and what the university is. It is you get your degree. You can get a degree, a theology degree, counseling degree, uh, several different degrees, but call yep. the church for more information on that. Those classes are starting tonight. Uh, classes start at seven. So if you get there by six, if you're not signed up, and we, guess what? We can fi- we'll can we find a way. We ain't going to exclude anybody from pressing into God. But yeah. a lot of other great classes are happening, too. So you ready to do this? I'm ready to do this, brother. All so right. good. Second Samuel chapter 1. We have a good chapter here to divide. Uh, if you want to start us out in the New King James and read through verse 14, I'll finish out in the New Living Translation. 
and I'll help you get started. So I say unto you, read, sir. The report of Saul's death. Now it came to pass after the death of Saul, when David had returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites. And David said, David stayed two days in Ziklag. On the third day, behold, it happened that a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dust on his head. So it was when he came to David that he fell on the ground and prostrated himself. And David said to him, Where have you come from? And he said to him, I have escaped from the camp of Israel. Then David said to him, How did the matter go? Please tell me. And he answered, The people have fled from the battle, and many of the people have fallen and dead. And Saul and Jonathan, his sons, are dead also. So David said to the young man who told him, How do you know that Saul and Jonathan, his son, are dead? The young man who told him said, As I happened by chance to be on Mount Gilboa, there was Saul leaning on his spear, and indeed the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. Now when he looked behind him, he saw me and called to me, and I answered, Here I am. And he said to me, Who are you? So I answered him, I am, I am an Amalite. He said to him, Again, please stand over me and kill me, for anguish has come upon me, but my life still remains in me. So I stood over him and killed him, because I was sure that there could not, he could not live after he had fallen. I had, and I took the crown that was on his head and the bracelet that was on his arm, and I have brought them here to my Lord. Therefore David took hold of his own clothes and tore them, and so did all the men who were with him. And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul for and for Jonathan his son, for the people of the Lord and for the Lord and for the for the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. And David said to the young man who told him, who told him, he goes, where are you from? And he answered, I am the son of an alien, an Amalek, an Amalek. So David said to him, how was it you were not afraid to put forth your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Mm-hmm. In verse 15, then David said to one of his men, kill him. And so the man thrust his sword into the Amalekite and killed him. You have condemned yourself, David said, for you yourself confessed that you killed the Lord's anointed one. Then David composed a funeral song for Saul and Jonathan, and he commanded that it be taught to the people of Judah. It is known as the Song of the Bow, and it is recorded in the book of Joshua. Your pride and joy, O Israel, lies dead on the hills. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Don't announce the news in Gath. Don't proclaim it in the streets of Ashkelon, or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice, and the pagans will laugh in triumph. O mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew or rain upon you, nor fruitful fields producing offerings of grain. For here the shield of the mighty heroes was defiled. The shield of Saul will no longer be anointed with oil. The bow of Jonathan was powerful, and the sword of Saul did its mighty work. They shed the blood of their enemies and pierced the bodies of mighty heroes. How beloved and gracious were Saul and Jonathan. They were together in life and in death. They were swifter than eagles, stronger than lions. O women of Israel, weep for Saul, for he dressed you in luxurious scarlet clothing, in garments decorated with gold. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies dead on the hills. How I weep for you, my brother Jonathan. Oh, how much I loved you, and your love for me was deep, deeper than a love of a woman. Oh, how the mighty heroes have fallen. Stripped of their weapons, they lie dead. Ah. Uh. Man, man, what a powerful chapter. It's intense, man. A lot happening here. Um, You know, I'm just 
uh, I'd love to kick it over to you. Um, some things that kind of you know go on here. Second Samuel, Samuel is really continuing um, the reign of the kings of Israel. In First Samuel, we learned so much. You know, we've been talking about that. Israel wanted a king. They wanted to be like everybody else. They they begged God. They asked God for a king, and so they get this guy Saul. And you know, we see all the things that happen when you get power and. Uh, he's a lot of corruption, a lot of wickedness, and you see a lot of that going on in Saul's life. Try to kill, tries to kill David. David uh, remains who he is, and it's a marvelous thing to watch David. I really love learning from David in leadership and humility and how to walk in authority and humility. Obviously, there's some things we don't want to learn from David or learn what not to do, um, but that's every person in the Bible and every person following Jesus. There's no perfect people. But uh, I'm amazed at David's response here, and some of that stuff was probably the most inspiring thing that stuck out to me. I don't know about you, David. What what kind of sticks out to you in this chapter? See, for me, I, I love that too. It, it's David is such a good picture of you know a zeroing in point for us. You know, Christ being the ultimate picture of a zeroing in point. And it's funny is because like like uh, Pastor Chris was talking about, Israel was crying out for a king, and crying out for a king, believe it or not, actually wasn't a bad thing. Because in Genesis 7, I believe it's Genesis 7, God says to his people, and I will give you kings. And it was in God's will for them to have kings, but they cried out for God's will in their timing. Yes. And that is when the wrong person came because the wrong timing happened. And God said, you guys wanted this. Why didn't you want the king that I had for you? Right. You know, and now you see more fruit of like when you don't stop and take a knee to what God wants. And you see this young man now showing what would would be seem to be some form of nobility mm. and honor. But it wasn't. It was false. And wow. David calls it out. Notice what he brought to David. He brought a, 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 a crown and a bracelet. He brought... He brought authority and wealth, almost as if to buy favor from, from David and to say, look, you're king now. That's not his place to say to David. That's right. And David knew that. And you know what? This is the same in our lives when someone goes to usher into you something that God is bringing to you mm. in a means, in a way that is not God honoring. Preach, bro. All right? Like, God is not looking for someone to break up somebody else's marriage so you can have that one of the spouses. You, God is not looking to do something corrupt in somebody's finances so you can get more money. All of this stuff is absurd, and we need to be people of a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood, which yeah. means we need to act with nobility and say, as much as I would like the fruit from that endeavor, I cannot be a part of a system where the ends justify the means. Yes. And that is not true for Christianity. That is us living in the nature of this world and not living with the heartbeat of the kingdom of heaven. Bro, man, that is so good. Like, if if nothing else is said today, what a great reminder that, and David got this, what, what I have has to come from God alone. Mm -hmm. I cannot take anything that is meant to come as a provision from God and get it through men or through unjust or untimely or unrighteous means. And that's everything. Like, that's praise, mm -hmm. right? Ooh, like, yeah. we want affirmation and recognition and praise and to be liked and to all the things. That's that's provision. <laughs> that's all of the—that's prosperity. I mean, a lot of P, P words up Come in here. On. But, you know, we can't look to men to give us the things that God— is, is responsible to provide. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, not men. And I love that you brought this, this stranger, this alien, this Amalekite, you know, who I don't even know how much of this is honest. Uh, there's some speculation about how, how much yeah, of his report point. here is true. But I think you're right. You know, we can kind of read between the lines of scripture and go, why would you bring 
David a, a crown and a bracelet, almost as if to say, hey, I'm the man, and I want you now to take the kingdom and remember me. Remember me? I brought this stuff to you. You know, uh, I'm brown-nosing a little bit, yep. you know, to use that expression. Yep. I'm, I'm pushing my way to the top. Even his own self-promoting uh, spirit was, you know, and David, I mean, he just, in righteous anger, he said, drop him dead right now, smoke him. And, and what he says is so powerful, the Lord's anointed, because David understood that God had placed Saul in that position of authority. The Lord's anointed. He called Saul this all the time, in spite of the fact that Saul tried to shish kebab him with a spear many times, hunted him down, sent search parties, made him a refugee for a decade, even though he was actually anointed by God to be king through the horn of Samuel's um, oil, anointing oil that melted. But see, even in that, in that day, when David was called out, he knew that when that seal uh, melted, the wax melted and the oil flew, uh, flowed out of the horn, he knew God picked me. I didn't put myself here. Men didn't put me here. In fact, I almost didn't even make it to this moment if Samuel didn't recognize that Jesse forgot me out here by the sheep. And I know God chose me. And man, you have to know what you have was from the Lord. Even in fast forwarding into the New Testament, I love that Paul pens most of his letters. Paul, an apostle of God by the will of Jesus Christ. He knew God called him. And if you get in a position Position where you have to push your way and slither your way, step on top of people and make it happen for yourself. You can't say, I'm here by the will of God. You almost you almost have to be like, I don't even know if I should be in this role. Right. I made this happen. Come on. And so here David understands that that sovereignty and that goodness and that plan and that divine timing of the Lord. I mean, even after that moment, a decade of running for his life, mm. never kills Saul. The closest he comes is he cuts that corner off of Saul's robe and it cuts his heart yep. that he would do that because he understands despite the brokenness of the man in the leadership position, God put him here. He is the mm-hmm. Lord's anointed. And that's why when this man you know, said, well, basically, I, I did a mercy kill because he botched his suicide attempt. He said, that wasn't your place to do that. That's the Lord's anointed. Boom, you're gone. Dude, that's so good. And it's such a good picture, too, of when of when difficulty, when tragedy, when pain, when conflict hits you, what praise comes out of you? Yeah. And Come you on, look bro. over here and you see the not just praise with a broad brush, but what type of praise comes out of you? Because the type of praise will dictate what's buried in the depths of your heart. And the depths of, of David's heart was the New Testament. And you can see it because what? That Love bears all things, believes all things, yeah. hopes all things. And you see that in his song about David and Jonathan, about yes. him saying that love endures, love believes the best, love covers a multitude of sins, that that all of these things are coming out in a reality in this song about uh, one man who was cruel to David and another man who was David's closer than a brother. And it's like, I want to ask you today. In this moment, whether if you are in a high point in life or if you're in a low point in life, what song of praise is coming out of your mouth? And that will let you know what's inside your heart because abundance of the uh, abundance of the heart, the mouth shall speak. Yeah. And it really is a good soul indicator of where you're at spiritually. But it is not something that identifies you as a person. All right, because I don't care who you are, you can get a little off focused. You know, I could go home on it. I don't care. I'm a pastor. I don't mean nothing. Yeah, I'm a pastor. That's great. My son has Pokemon cards. Cool. They're awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't mean nothing. And I could still lose focus and, and my praise be offset. You know, yes, me my too. heart be offset. And all you got to do is it's so simple. The fix is simple. You choose joy. You choose to press in. You throw off that garment of he- heaviness and you say, no, no, it's not. I built this city. 
it's he built this city. Yes. You know, on and the rock of ages. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it's shifted it back. And I think that's what David did. In his mind, he was picturing a Saul before the anger, a Saul before the jealousy, a Bro. Saul that had a good heart, you know? Let's talk about that because. I am amazed at David's ability. Thank you. I work hard. Yeah, I know. Thank you. It set you right up for that. Um, but in this, in this passage and all through Scripture, how is it that he can honor Saul and love Saul and have compassion to compose a beautiful eulogy Come on. for a man who was so evil and cruel to him? And I think that it's a picture of the compassion um, that he experienced because of the kindness of God. He had relationship with God. See, the world will know we're his disciples by our love. And you you hit on it, you know, about all the things that love is in 1 Corinthians 13. And, and David has got this ability to honor Saul for who he is without stumbling over who Saul isn't. And Saul was not a lot of things that you should be as a king, like Come righteous on. and obedient and merciful and all the things. But who Saul was was God's anointed, and he had greatness in him. He was a great warrior. He was a great leader. He produced wealth for the kingdom. He was a great conqueror. There was a lot of things. And, you know, I, I, I'm amazed by that statement, and I heard, you know, I heard a great preacher say, in, in, in the, the culture of heaven should be the culture of how we walk, walk on the earth. And in the culture of heaven, we learn how to honor a person for who they are without stumbling over who they're not. And he had spiritual eyes uh, over Saul and Jonathan in this situation. Now, Jonathan, obviously, dear friendship. We can talk about that in a minute. But I love the way he interacts with Saul and even honors and eulogizes him here. And uh, loving difficult people is powerful. In fact, you even see this, that in, in this instance, I feel like David has got this ability to say, rather than be hurt by Saul, I'm going to be hurt for Saul realizing that he is broken, that he is hurting, and having enough compassion, apart from my own victim, you know, uh, experience with him and the abuse, the basically straight-up abuse I've experienced at his hand, I recognize um, there are things and struggles he deals with and that he was a Lord's anointed king who fell short, and we all fall short. I just think that's powerful. When you're looking at difficult people, cruel people, um, we can't just always look at it at, at the surface level. We've got to recognize that this is a person made in the image and likeness of God, who God loves, who God put his son on a cross to forgive and redeem. Um, God desires to be merciful to every person. And I just, you know, even looking at the situation in Afghanistan, um, don't just pray, but definitely pray for every person over there that is in danger right now, every believer, every every persecuted potential martyr, all the situations. But do we pray for the Taliban? Do we pray for the oppressors? Mm -hmm. Because uh, that's a challenging thought. We just want to just say, smite them, almighty smiter. But God desires to show mercy and compassion. How about a Damascus Road encounter instead? And that's what I've been Come praying, on. and many of us have been praying here, is that they would have an encounter with the Lord and repent. And so, man, what an amazing mindset that David had towards somebody that was awful to him. Absolutely. And I tell you what, I, I struggle with that, and I struggle with that. And it's like making say, hey, man, if you, I've seen, I've seen people lose their mind over losing their parking spot at church, you know, or yeah. their seat. You know, I've had a person come years and years ago. Hey, Pastor, you ask them to please, like, move that. They're sitting in my area. And I'm like, you don't have – I'm like, you don't have an area. Be quiet, Mom, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a real story except for the mom part. Uh, I don't want Maria getting mad at yeah, me. Yeah. And, uh, so – when it comes to like this, it's you can find once again. I'm gonna go back to like, like kind of what Chris is talking about. What kind of like a theme of like, 
you know, you need to check your heart. You know, watch what's looking at that. That believe it or not, the New Testament is actually alive and working inside of this Old Testament story, and yeah. that the fulfillment of the Word of God is so powerful because it says, "Your blood is on your own head, for your own mouth has testified against you, saying, I have killed the Lord's anointed.'" You notice yeah. what David didn't say. So uh, David didn't say the devil tricked you, and some some sly little demon whispered a lie that you fell. He didn't say that. He said your mouth, your mm-hmm. actions, mm-hmm. your choices have caused this. And I don't say this to condemn a person because if you're hearing now, you've got grace. But I'm saying it also to liberate you from an ignorant mindset that something else is always to blame for your actions. That there has to be a thing called adulting where we wake up and we realize, I chose that. If you choose to get drunk and drive, you chose to get a DUI. If you choose to lash out in anger, then you choose the fruit that comes from it. And it is not the devil's fault and it is not all these other people's fault. It is also not your past. Ownership. Yeah, it is not. And this hurts and I'm not trying to trigger anybody. It's not your past's fault. Okay. Yes, someone might have hurt you in the past. You have a window of time where you can be in the pain for that. Maybe you're still in that window, but your actions are your actions. And that's what David's giving a picture here. David did not say, hey, you know what? Let's sit and talk about it. It's like, no, kill him. No, kill him. Like, and that's how life is, guys. And and I know in Christianity, we can be very much like Buddy the Elf and everybody gets grace and love and all that stuff. But the, this world's a cruel place. It is a cruel place. They're not going to pour that out. So instead of giving judgment over us to others, why don't we hold a tighter discipline to ourselves and our choices and our actions? Man, that's good. I'm only in charge of what I do. I'm, I'm responsible mm-hmm. for my response. And you know what? He did have a choice. Uh, whether or not this really happened, again, we're not even sure if this right. is how it all shook out. But if it did, um, he had an option to go, I will not do that. I won't be the mm-hmm. guy who ends the king's, the Lord anointed's life and takes his stuff and brings it to the guy. Right. Like, he made the choice. And you know what? Uh, I read a book a few years ago, highly recommended. It's called Extreme Ownership yes. by Jocko Willink. Have you, have you heard of this Absolutely. book? Absolutely. So good. And, man, he basically, you know, he talks about training um, Marines and, you know, Navy SEALs. And he says, listen, there's no bad teams, just bad leaders. Like, you can't sit here and blame your team. You can't blame your past. You can't blame. You have to take ownership because if you own it, then you can fix it. Then you can, then you can do Come the on. things that you need to do. And I think when you couple that with the grace of God— God gives grace to the humble, but resists the proud. So if I keep being prideful and not owning up to what I'm doing, I'm, I'm resisting grace. It's like a magnet that's uh, on the opposite end. I can't even, it won't even t- attach to me. But if I'm humble, that magnet gets turned around. The polarity starts working. The grace starts flowing. Not only do I own my mess and I get determined to do what I can do, but God will do what I can't do. And with divine empowerment, his grace and my effort and my humility and ownership will cause something to change. Like when I got fired from the church many years ago, I just celebrated my 20th anniversary of working here at East Coast. But right before that, a couple years before I got fired because I wouldn't own the fact that I was lazy and I wasn't a good steward of time. And man, when I started owning that and saying, I'm not blaming anybody else but me, God give me grace, everything changed. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, 
Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Need a fence professionally done the first time? Hercules and Atlas Fence, owned and operated by Mike Green, has been certified since 1960. No job is too big or too small. Hercules and Atlas Fence, 321-258-9853. Find them online at ineedafence.com. The New Thing Youth Church is a generation of students destined to change the world through God's power and love. If you're between 7th and 12th grade, join us every week for fun, relationships, and the Word of God. The New Thing Youth Church meets at the Parkway Worship Center every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and Sunday night at Vieira High School at 6 p.m. Check out our TNT Youth Church app for more details. For over 30 years, Cabron Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabron Air will take care of it. Their phone number is 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or find them online at cabron.com. Customer satisfaction is their top priority. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. At East Coast Christian Academy, our mission is to create a space where children will thrive, and we believe they grow best in a safe, clean, Christ-centered environment. We're passionate about showing the love of Jesus to children in our community and helping them become everything God has called them to be. At East Coast Christian Academy, we are all about family. We work hard to foster a culture and environment of positive attitudes and teamwork. And we provide flexible schedule options for team members who have their own busy family lives. Do you have experience in early childhood educational environments in the heart for the next generation? If so, we have room on the team for you. Find out more about joining our academy team online at eccc.us slash academy or call us at 321 453 Kids. That's 321-453-5437. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. Hey, welcome back. We've covered some territory today, but another interesting thought is the importance of thorough obedience. In 1 Samuel 15, God told uh, Saul, now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy all that belongs to them. Don't spare them. Put to death men and women, children, infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Well, we remember that he actually didn't fulfill the obedient uh, response to this. And here we see an Amalekite ends him. Mm. And that's a powerful thought. Wow, that is powerful. 
That's crazy. And, you know, I was thinking along the lines of of that is um, R2, just like in the story, our king was killed. Yeah. And you know what? Um, now we have him resurrected and standing again. But what do you bring to his feet? All right. What what is it that you bring to him? Is it is it what you have done and what you have been a part of or is it what he is doing? Yeah. And I want to be a people that when we when we stand before a resurrected king, either in faith as we praise and worship him throughout our lives or on on that day when we are face to face and we hear well done, good and faithful servant, that it is not it is not, you know, my own efforts I'm trying to give to him, but I'm taking the crown he gave me. Not a crown I gave him. Come on. You're right. That means the anointing he gave me, the gifts he gave me. I operated in those. I didn't go and in my own strength yes. try and do something. But instead, I hear, man, great job. Love you. Well done. And embrace. I want you, All you're called to do is believe and walk in who Jesus Christ is. Come on. Operate with the crown that he gave you. That's so good. I'll tell you what, guys, check out our ECCU class tonight. Come back to church if you haven't. We'll take care of you. Love you guys. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath Podcast.